0: Welcome to another episode of Turn the Page, the official podcast of Syosset Public Library. I'm Jen, your host today, and I'm here with the team behind a really fascinating new book about black metal. Could I ask you to introduce yourselves and your book, please?
1: So I'm Daniel Lukes. Um, I'm a writer and editor based in Montreal. And um, I don't know, we're excited to be on the show and to talk about black metal rainbows
2: um, my name is Jackie Raya. I'm a creative director based in uh, Burlington, Vermont, and I was the uh, design
3: aspect of the book. Hey, I'm uh, Stanimir Panayotov. I'm, I'm uh, teaching philosophy and cultural studies at the School of Advanced Studies at the University of Tumen in Siberia, and I'm one of the co editors of the book. Hmm.
0: Thank you so much for coming. And I'm really excited to talk about this. And the first thing I wanted to talk about before we get into the book itself is just, um, you know, your backgrounds, because something that really marks the book out as very uh, unique and special is that you all come from pretty different backgrounds and you uh, have brought together a host of collaborators who all come from very different perspectives and well, and different careers and paths and things like that. So I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about. Um, you know, what you've worked on in the past, how you met around this project and how it came to be.
1: OK, I can go first. Um, so I'm I'm originally from the UK, but I grew up in Italy and uh, in Italy as a teenager is when I started getting into um sort of heavy music, uh, starting with Nirvana and grunge and industrial, and then gradually sort of through friends at school, uh, kind of getting into um, death and black metal. Then I moved to the UK, uh, moved back to the UK, where I started working uh, as a music journalist while I was in college. So uh, that kind of gave me opportunity to sort of start writing about um, metal Uh, in a sort of professional way so when I went back to grad school um, at New York University which is where you and I met originally um, I had the opportunity to sort of uh, um, I was doing a PhD in comparative literature so uh, one of the areas I was sort of looking at was uh, popular culture uh, extreme music from the perspective of uh, masculinity and gender studies so how in a sense, what we now call toxic masculinities are sort of uh, dealt with through uh, music, uh, music subcultures. Um, so uh, basically, uh, in a nutshell, uh, we met uh, around uh, this project. Uh, I originally met Stanimir through um, a, a colloquium that I was part of organizing in 2015 so this was a uh no it was a symposium it was a, a black metal theory symposium called coloring the black and um the goal of that symposium was to sort of uh kind of bring a bit of color and a bit of queerness to uh, this field of black metal theory which was a sort of para academic uh area uh which began, I think, around 2009 or so uh, by a professor at CUNY called uh, Nicola Mashandaro. So uh, Mashandaro started putting together this group of of people, um, but uh, there was sort of opportunity, you know, it was, and then we can sort of get into black metal theory. I know that Stanimir has a lot to say about that, Uh, but there was opportunity to sort of bring a kind of Queer studies critique to that field. So from this symposium in Dublin in 2015, uh, that's kind of where uh, the, the 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 book came from. So it originally stemmed from that.
3: Okay, um, I'm a largely uh, black metal um, disappointment for people around me. I uh, don't have a specific uh, an exciting history about uh, black metal in my life. Uh, I guess I, I come from um, a kind of teenage um, and background where um, you know you go with you know grunge industrial but but that's about it. I black metal is something that came much later in my life and it didn't come <coughs> in any <coughs> um, in any predictable way. Um, I've, I've always been excited about particular strands of black metal that are. Um, 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 kind of uh, easily labeled as um, gay by the mainstream, I guess. You know, I, I, I have, uh, you know, uh, the, the episodes of my life where I discuss with, with people what kind of black metal I, I listen to and, and they're like, oh, well, that's not really black metal. <clears throat> but, but other than that, mm, uh, I've already had um, 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 some writing quite occasional on music. I've published several pieces, a couple of them on on some uh, Bulgarian bands actually, over time. And and when Daniel reached out after the symposium, he mentioned in 2015, that was early 2016. I think, um I, I gave it some thought, um, and I I'm, I like to write about music, but I've never had a lot of experience with that. Um, and and um, and I, but on the other hand, I have uh, I come. Largely from gender and queer studies, and on the other hand, I thought, well, that might be an interesting opportunity to kind of expand my knowledge and um, um, and, and see what's interesting in general, from an even kind of musicology perspective, um, in in queering um, certain material. And so, so there we have, there we have it. Um, almost what uh, six, seven years later, uh, we have this behemoth of a book, which which is uh, which is now um, baking the air. Existence, um. So, um, I, 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 think the other, yeah, as Daniel mentioned, the other thing was that uh, at the time, black metal theory was a, was, was, was kind of a, um, fashionable, if you will, uh, field, um, of academic, um, interest and participation, and I, and I do believe, um, um Daniel, I, and many others were kind of interested in what's going on. Um, the symposium he he did mention uh, was kind of pushing um, a little bit to the edges, the field of black metal theory. I don't recall people necessarily antagonizing this field, um, but but rather trying to kind of make a point that it it does need certain opening. Um, And I think um, this is just, I guess, the last point, which is both about black metal theory and, and and beyond, generally what what was going on at the time in, in humanities and philosophy was that at the time, so we're talking about 2015, um, and this is to an extent still going on, uh, the last 15 years in humanities have generally seen a interesting turnaround when it comes to theory and what is theory in general, Um, which means that people have vouched for um, kind of throwing under the bus cultural specificity. Um, And this is one thing that was slightly present in black metal theory as well. So I think one, one thing that happened with the book was sort of like, wait, we need to actually, uh, but, but consider black metal as a particular field and it's theorizing from a perspective that it hasn't really seen um I, I wouldn't say this is like a kind of some kind of grandiose uh, uh, scheme and program of ours but but I, but I think this is something we've been doing all along uh, to kind of uh, slightly at least for me to kind of slightly resist this universalizing tendency in theory.
2: Um, so my background is just straight up design. I have a BFA in graphic design that I got from school, art school, um, and design and metal really have always been my two like favorite things in the entire world. Uh, my boyfriend in high school was like, you have to listen to Metallica and Black Sabbath. And he was like, you have to know their names. And to this day, know whatever like 23 years later like they are still my favorite bands but that was also like the beginning of the slide down into just disgusting metal of like you know like it's it's definitely it was like a like a trajectory of like you know more entry-level stuff all the way down to like weird black and death metal that i listen to now um and then yeah so like i went to school and I was, like, you know, in the, the art studio listening to, like, Dimu Borgir and, like, Children of Bodem as I was, like, making books for fun. Because, um, like, books have always been my favorite thing to design. And I've never actually gotten a chance to design, like, a real deal book like this before. Which was, so they, Daniel and Sandemir approached me and they were like, hey, you know, do you want to submit a piece of art for this uh, book? Because... I had done some work in like the fields before, like I've done some work for like invisible oranges and I've done work for like uh Maryland death fest and um, like just a bunch of like logos and like album art t-shirts, like just everything. And so they have probably come across my work somewhere. And, and I was like, you know, I'm not really like an artist because um, I also feel like I've had this argument with a lot of my friends that like design is not art. Um, But I was like, I will design your book for you, because this sounds like a dream project. And I was like, this is something that I really care about. I also like, I think that metal is and should be pushing boundaries, and staying stagnant and like accepting black metal for what it typically is, which is generally like white, and male and angry, um, is not really what the world is about right now. So you know, they said, yeah, we'll have you design our book proposal, Um, which I was like, hell yeah. So um, like we did that and the book proposal came out really awesome, I think. And um, they sold it into a publisher and they were like, the design of this book is so important and integral to um, just its existence that we want you to come on as co-author. And I was like, super like appreciative of that because I think a lot of the times design kind of like falls by the wayside. It's an important aspect of everything. Like, I think, you know, we might not even realize it. Like when you go into a store and you buy something because the packaging is like nice and it speaks to you, like that's design. Like you react to it even though you might not realize. So like to have the design aspect of something like this be appreciated that much, it goes a long way. Um, And I think it's, it's a great uh, gesture. So I was very excited to do that.
0: That's so cool and I really love um you know that the design is such a big part of it cuz I think a lot of people you know tend to see um design as mere like illustration you know like as something that is like subordinated to the text and just supports it in a way but in this book you really do see like the the text and the the visual aspects uh you know interacting in a real way I think like the design really like supports the thesis of the book too so let's get into that like because the heart of this book really is that like black metal right now as you see it is a kind of cultural battleground and the terms that you use in the book are uh quote between nationalism and conservatism and on the other hand quote open inclusive and unlimited um so can you talk a little bit about like you know why we are at this moment with black metal and what intervention you're you're seeking to make with this book
1: um so yeah so I think you you've hit the nail on the head as it were um there are uh, I think the book does three things or two things uh, which are all sort of interconnected so on the one hand we really wanted to sort of open up the kind of aesthetics of black metal so black metal is kind of traditionally known as this sort of black and white or or grayscale uh sort of uh music or aesthetic especially with the corpse paint so the sort of the black and the white uh you know creates this sort of very limiting Uh, view of black, black metal um which is also sort of tied into its perception as something uh you know very sort of grim or or sort of uh frostbitten it's about winter and solitude and sort of misery and rage and all these things uh but there's so much more to black metal there always has been so um we sort of,, uh, you know, wanted to open it up on on multiple levels. Uh, and um, two of those levels would be the sort of the political aspect. Um, so,, um, you know, black metal has a Nazi problem. It's it's a genre which uh, because of its development, um, you know, partly because uh, you know Bosom is one of the sort of founders of second wave black metal. So stemming from that sort of wing of the genre, uh, there has been uh, over the last 20 or so years, uh, this development of uh, National Socialist Black Metal. So uh, NSBM, um, a lot of these bands are in uh, Eastern Europe and. Um, and um, so this has kind of been an unfortunate sort of development of the genre, um, but there has also been a sort of pushback against that. So what we kind of want to document in the book uh, is sort of, uh, you know, the kind of left wing uh response to that the sort of uh, red and anarchist black metal so RABM uh, has had a huge uh, kind of opening up and development uh, over the last uh, couple of decades, uh, and we see you know culture across the board is so polarized now we are living in these culture wars. So I think it was uh, we felt it was kind of important since we, we are fans of black metal uh, to kind of make this statement that many others are making uh, that Nazis do not own the genre. They do not, you know, they claim it, but they do not have uh, any right to sort of uh, claim the genre as their own. So in a sense, there's a kind of attempt to sort of, you know, wrestle it back and say, well, actually, there's way much more to black metal than than just a bunch of uh, Nazis. So um, part of the deal here was to sort of illustrate, uh, you know, what black metal is, what it can be um, and sort of take that uh, to uh, sort of take this public image of black metal, which is very cliched and, and sort of, you know, kind of explode it or dig into it or sort of, you know, shatter this kind of black and white uh, and, and sort of show the kind of all the different shards of the spectrum um and then the other aspect so the third aspect would be the aspect of 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 gender so uh you know as jackie pointed out it's a very sort of typically male uh white male dominated genre uh there's this sort of uh there's a kind of universalism you know the false universalism going on in black metal like oh i just i'm an equal opportunity hater i'm a misanthrope i hate everyone uh equally but when you dig into it it's often it's not the case you know often it's some sort of like Uh, embittered or entitled uh, stand uh, for sort of revanchist or or, um, reactionary uh, male whiteness, which is sort of pushing back against, you know, what they see as sort of like wokeness or liberalism or what have you, and so uh, for us, it was uh, important to sort of document this this huge explosion that there's been in black metal uh, in the last decade or so with uh, trans artists, queer artists, you know, it, it has really sort of, it's having a renaissance in terms of, um, you know, it, it's, uh, this genre is for outsiders. So it makes sense. And this is uh, one of our blurbs, um, musician from the band uh, Vile Creature point, makes this point that you know black metal has always been a genre of sort of outsiders so it's kind of it makes sense uh that that queer people trans people uh, women and minorities are, are sort of uh have kind of embraced the genre as a place where they can sort of express their identity express their art uh and so forth
3: yeah i guess daniel uh, really summarized well um, most of the points um, around kind of the political a um, contest going on around black metal. I, I will just focus very briefly on um, kind of, I guess, an example that does have to do with gender um, and kind of the politics of black metal. Um, you know, before you can actually go and say there is a renaissance of black metal that's not um, um, normative in in the sense that, you know, people associated with um, NSBM and, 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 you know, horrible... Um, fandoms like that you have to actually kind of slow down perceptually people's um, kind of agenda and 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 try to um, expose um, what the norm is and and I think one of you know the very basic things this book is doing is sort of saying I, I, wait if you think that you know uh People, uh, men specifically, in um, corpse paint and leather and SM gear, running through forests is masculine. Then you kind of have a problem, right? You know. So I mean, the, the the idea is to first kind of crack into this kind of idea of normative masculinity uh, within black metal and expose it as not normative because it's really not. I mean, the whole the kind of perception of masculinity in black metal is so unique. Um, before you try to query it or anything, because it's just so weird that society has agreed that you know this particular form of masculinity is actually normative, whereas it's absolutely not. As soon as you go outside the framework of the outcasts, right, like the social figure of the outcast. and so so once you once you kind of slow down the perception of people around this, then you can make a whole other bunch of things like say you know black metal is just queer it's absolutely not about toxic masculinity and those who who claim that it is white and masculine i mean even if you have the whiteness issue uh you know they're completely you know berserk you know this isn't really the case so 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 i i guess you know politically this is like a big uh uh, 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 kind of I, I guess it was a kind of big challenge to make a collection of things because um, um, the book has various elements, right? We have uh, different types of text. We have artist submission and we have the design aspect of it, which is artistic um, as we discussed. Um, so, so when you put all the things together, you know, the kind of this is like the kind of second part of the agenda. But the first part is is no, it's th- this, this white masculinity you know trash talk around black metal it just isn't there basically
0: that's super interesting to me because because i think that that speaks to a way that a lot of people misunderstand uh queer theory and the goal of queering things like i've had to explain to a lot of students that like no you're not like adding queerness you know like you are not like doing something you are revealing what's already there you know like you are just shifting your perspective a little bit in order to see something for what it really is like you are not you know um but I'd like to talk a little bit about how that goal plays into um Uh, the way that you've chosen so many voices to comprise this book and the process that you talked of of putting this whole thing together like when you're putting something together like this that has so many perspectives so many voices so many media um, like how do do you do you aim for coherence in how you organize it or do you just let it be messy let it be what it is like does that make sense as a question I hope I said something
1: (laughs) Um, yeah, perhaps uh, Jackie can speak to the the aspect of, of sort of messiness, sort of chaos uh, and order, perhaps, from an aesthetic p- uh, perspective. Um, you know, I think black metal does have, it has those two poles. So it has the, this sort of yearning for order, which uh, can end up in sort of, you know, fascistic fantasies. Uh, but on the other hand, it's a sort of embrace embracing of the chaos of the world and the universe, so uh, Jackie, I don't know if you, yeah. Yeah,
2: I mean, I think um, to create, I mean, part of my job was to create like a visual language that kind of brought everything together with a sense of consistency, but one of the, like the adjectives that was used um a lot during the very beginning of this project was that you know we want to embrace chaos and we want it to look kind of chaotic because the genre is chaotic and the um content is chaotic and that should definitely be reflected in the design and it is um there is a lot of uh, just like crazy textures that are layered all together and like stuff like that. And like, there's like a consistent element where I actually just took like the pen tool and in InDesign and like drew scribbles. And like, that was that was one of like the consistent elements of the book. You know, even though everything is so varied and like so different and the voices are all different, the art is all different. Like there there is like small things like that, that kind of like bring it together. It's like a through thread that like runs through the design um so that's that's kind of what I did but I also you know like I wanted to you know embrace the chaos and like I I did my best because that is very much not how I design at all like you know like just like crazy colors and like chaotic shapes and like things that don't follow a grid and um like rainbow gradients and stuff like it was very much outside of my comfort zone but I think also the visual language kind of became an element of the book itself it embraces the different types of content that there is but it also stands alone on its own
0: if I could ask one follow-up on that when you were designing the book um how do I phrase this did you find yourself with your design responding to individual pieces or did you try to sort of like address the work as a as a whole or like so like, when did you encounter it? Like, was it already a full collection when you came to design or were you working with it along the way or?
2: Um, everything came to me pretty much complete because, you know, like I, I was kind of starting to like develop the look and feel, you know, before we got the content and like that was basically taken from the proposal because the proposal is like almost like exactly the same. Um, But like everything came to me as like a, you know, like a bulk like Dropbox download. And I was like, all right, I have everything. Like, let's take a look. And as I was putting everything in, um, I did react specifically to each piece. Um, I like, you know, like the little like scribbles that I would draw, like I would use them to um, like call attention to a different, like an aspect of the writing or I would use it to kind of like put your eye into like the piece of artwork that was on the page. Um, I used it as a way to like underline or like bracket like text where I thought, you know, like maybe this is like particularly important or it underlines or something. So like I read every piece as you should, as you're, if you're doing a book and like I used it as a way to like support and enhance the content itself. So yes, everything was like very
0: painstakingly done. That's super interesting because, um, you know, before I ended up in libraries, I came from studying medieval history. And a lot of times when I was reading the book, I thought like, oh, this like sometimes feels like an illuminated manuscript, you know, where like the the imagery really is calling your attention to the text. It's not just this sort of like, you know, layer on top of it that doesn't interact with it. Like it is speaking to the text. Um, did you uh, Daniel and Stan and Mir, did you find yourself surprised by any of the design when you encountered it? Or did you feel like it illuminated things in the text that you weren't aware of? Did it give you a new perspective in any way?
1: Um, I think your, your comment about uh, it looking like an illuminated manuscript is such a great compliment. Uh, I love that. Um, I think it has... Um, so uh you know i've uh, i'm interested in graphic novels i've taught graphic novels uh so and you've also written a graphic novel um so i think um uh, and there are also some comics in uh, black metal rainbows as well um so i sort of love the sort of interplay between uh images uh, and words um and i think you know going back to the sort of Going slightly back to the sort of chaos and order aspect of it, uh, you know, I love like uh very kind of uh, messy sort of uh avant-garde uh comics, uh underground comics, like stuff like Le Dernier Cri, which is a, a French publisher, which is all this stuff is very, very chaotic and 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 messy. Uh but on the other hand, I really love sort of classic orderly design, uh like uh Trina and Kim is a great uh a norwegian design studio that have done uh, several black metal albums. Um, And so uh, I think the book does an amazing... And Jackie did an amazing job of sort of, like... You know uh sort of going between these two poles um and also thinking about you know sort of the past and the future um i think we wanted uh a futuristic sort of aspect to it a sort of glitchy kind of uh digital uh sort of aspect to it as well um and one of the influences is rob sheridan who uh uh was the graphic designer for 9 inch nails uh for a long time um and he wrote a a very kind uh blurb for our book um and so um you know thinking about the futuristic as where black metal can go where it's going next um is something um, that we wanted to sort of embrace because black metal is sort of, there's a lot of backward looking sort of medievalism and and sort of traditionalism there. Uh, But there's also trends in black metal, like especially during the the 90s, the late 90s, where there was a lot of futuristic black metal. So like mixing black metal with electronica, with industrial, with noise, uh, thinking about sort of how the genre could sort of progress outwards uh it's something we wanted to sort of replicate in the book and i think it i'm i'm really happy how it how it turned out i think it really does kind of take you on a journey as it were uh through the images and through the design and um you know i think uh, jackie just did an amazing job with it
3: yeah to the extent to which this is um Something of an illuminated manuscript, as you say, um, uh, that's great. So long as people don't perceive it as, I don't know, the Voet Codex or the the, the Seraphinus Codex, right? You know, because that's you know a different kind of illumination. Uh, and and I, and I don't think uh, uh, Jackie has crossed this line, um, as she said that she did receive um, 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 all the material, which is just the way should be done in general when it comes to designing a, a, such a complicated book, um, and she already had a template, um, uh, but, but, I, but I just don't want to stress out um, that uh, there's like two, from my perspective, um, um, two aspects of this book visually that I think are um, kind of speaking to each other in probably not, um, not a very explicit way. One is the book cover. Um, which was a particular discussion, which was a separate discussion and a separate decision on what is going to be on the book cover and how should we treat that. And 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 one thing that we ended up doing, and I and I we do hope that this is um, this is visible in some way, is that the book cover, uh, book cover's message is um, yes, black metal is um, is this kind of queer um, kind of underground of you know of, of wild things going on inside.
1: One thing I like to do when I write is I like to start with the title and sort of just kind of see where that title takes me. Uh, And the title Black Metal Rainbows, it sort of came from um, Stanley Mir's paper at the Colouring the Black uh, Symposium was called uh, Sad Rainbows. So I thought, um, you know, Black Metal Rainbows just sort of, in a sense, kind of uh, says it all. So, uh, basically, we sort of identified, uh, you know, some of the people uh, uh, were at the conference, uh, like uh, Drew Daniel. So, some people just expanded on their uh, paper or gave us a version of their uh, conference paper. Other people, we just approached them from scratch. Um, and, basically, we gave people freedom to sort of, you know, we had a little blurb about what the book was going to be about. Uh, so, we would approach people and just sort of, ask them how does this speak to you um and would you like to contribute uh so um there was sort of freedom for people uh to do that uh and um i think one aspect of the book that we were wanted it we wanted to to be accessible so one of the problems with black metal theory um and i think standing has some thoughts about this too is that um, some of it tended towards that sort of obscurantist sort of Nietzschean deep theory kind of uh, style of writing, which is, uh, you know, it has its value. Um, But uh, we didn't want this to be a dense academic book. So while there are some uh, chapters which are sort of uh, have a kind of Uh, theory heavy or or academic sort of approach there are many others that are sort of you know written in a journalistic way there are personal essays there are sort of uh, interviews with with musicians uh, label owners and so forth, Um, so we wanted to sort of make the book diverse accessible exciting you can dip into it uh you can go back and forth um and it has a kind of sort of riotous carnivalesque sort of feel to it where uh the elements are sort of jostling against each other uh but the concept you know uh, the the title kind of holds the concept together and you can sort of you can interpret it and take it in in so many directions, whether it's about politics, whether it's about aesthetics, whether it's about uh, gender and so forth. Um, So it's a sort of uh, umbrella, as it were, under which all these different elements, hopefully uh, sort of uh, coexist uh, in some interesting way.
3: No, I was just saying that I think um, uh, there was uh, just like this uh, um, kind of message in, in, in the cover uh, which is uh, kind of both about tradition and invention at the same time but then but then the book is really not so much about what is considered traditionalist and I think the design to a large extent just, uh, just reflects that.
0: Yeah I think um, you know the, the design speaks a uh really interestingly to the book's thesis, um, and or maybe not its thesis, but something that I think it illustrates really well is that outside of academia, I think there is this view of theory that it is very restrictive or that it's like a template that, you know, you try to fit a text into or whatever. But this book really shows that like theory can be very playful and very expansive and like, yeah, chaotic. Like it's not necessarily a system for order. It can be, and chaos can be Productive, you know, as I think we see here.
3: Well, um, the the word chaos comes from a Greek, ancient Greek verb. Uh, uh, well, it, it, this is one of the theories about this particular verb, but but I side with this particular theory because it's not definitive. But the word uh, chaos comes from the verb uh, kasko, which is which means gaping, um, something that's gaping, and and therefore it's not something you can necessarily have kind of close or control right Um, and and I think in this sense cows is also like a very good uh, concept that worked well but also I just wanted to mention you know one other aspect um, and then sorry if I jump in uh, in the middle of another question here but I just wanted to mention another aspect of the of the visual side which is um, um, the fact that um, there is um, work done on other people's visual narratives um, which is to say this isn't people just submitting artworks to us and we just put them on the book mm-hmm. um, but they become part of a you know the book's own language um, which is uh, which requires um, in this case Jackie's um, uh, intervention right because it's it's not the same thing to have somebody submit um, a, a good scan of their work and just put it on the page and it's very different when. W- w- uh, in terms of what Jackie does, she 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 works on the background. She decides how to put the 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 work uh, the uh, the works credits um, where to put them, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. So, so this is uh, this is also a very different approach to creating a visual culture of black metal, um, in in a sense.
0: I really want to thank you for coming to speak to me about this book, and I'm really excited for our listeners to encounter it. And I think it really you know, I think it's a really great book to visit again and again. Like it, it obviously for this interview, I read it cover to cover, you know, but in the time since then, I've also just sort of dipped in and out of it and revisited pieces and visuals that I really enjoyed. And it's just like, it's a really nice piece for contemplation too, you know? (laughs) So thank you so much for coming to the show. (laughs)
1: Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us.
3: Thank
0: you so much. And thank you for asking such good thought-provoking
2: questions. And um, also thank you for calling it uh, akin to an illuminated manuscript. I have never, I will ride that high for days.
0: Uh, (laughs) (laughs) You can put it on your resume if you like and, and, you know, put my phone number. I'll back it up, you know. all right listeners well black metal rainbows is available near you as of the time that you hear this so please 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 pick it up at your favorite independent bookstore or library wherever you get your books thank you very much for listening uh this is jen and it is now time to close this chapter
2: it's time to close this chapter of turn the page join us for the next episode